pioneers of the fair trade movement and one of Wellington's most loved retail stores, TradeAid, has recently celebrated the milestone of trading for 40 years. Today we have with us devoted longtime manager Christian Pilkington, who will talk all about our first business of trading fairly and why Wellington has supported this store so well. Hi Christian, welcome to B-Side Stories on Access Radio. Hello everyone. So Christian, a super big congratulations on achieving 40 years for Trade Aid in Wellington. How is that feeling for you and all the team? Um, we're proud. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I think, oh my God, 40 years, I can't believe it. Um, yeah, it's just it's just amazing. I'm very proud of Wellington, I think. Right. Yeah. And yeah, is that because of the support or just um, being... We have actually been one of the top stores from the beginning. Yes. So by that <laughs> I, I got I mean, that out of the other uh, night. <laughs> by that I mean um, we've always sold a lot of the products. Right. Done quite well there, and um, we've been one of the more vocal. Right. <laughs> vocal uh, area uh, groups, probably. Yeah. The city, the city, the trade aid with the big voice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And so has yeah. that remained part of the Trade Aid Wellington culture? Yes, yeah. yes it is. Um, probably because that's the demographic of the Wellington city. Right. Yeah, we've got a, a lot of people who are passionate about these, mm. um, passionate about the same things as we are, um, so they're attracted to it. They come to us as students, go on to right. work for government, and um, they... It's always a good experience. They mm. carry on being customers. Right. Oh, they go on to other groups. I've, in my time, um, digressing here probably, uh, but in my time I've seen students who formed a social justice group at university, the Just Action Group, wow. out of Trade Aid, because we couldn't have a university group called Trade Aid because we're essentially a business. So they formed Just Action. Great. And wow. another one of our students formed Just Speak which is around the legal uh, legal systems and looking at changes in that in New Zealand. Wow, fantastic. Yeah, and that's really great. Forty years ago, would you and the founders have believed that fair trade would become such a global movement and a force for good? No, I don't think so. And I think another thing that I've seen change that... I think we have to go back to the 60s and 70s, right, late 60s, yes, 70s, where we, we, me, I'm a late sort of 60s uh, generation that we marched down Queen Street and we're going to change the world. Great. And um, Was that a particular process, Christian? Like a particular focus or what was, was, the, what was the protest? Well, those things came out of the States and things happening in Europe and universities and things. Was it against and, the war, um, Vietnam War? The Vietnam War was very... I mean, I had friends who were, um, you know, their numbers came up, which wow, I think people nowadays right. can't believe no. that that actually happened in New Zealand. So we were very much against that. And also I was aware of people that I met who moved their families to New Zealand so their, their sons wouldn't be drafted. So yes, the Vietnam War was real catalyst for that, Sorry. that thinking. And then um, uh, Morris Shadbolt oh. standing up in in, <laughs> in Albert Park in all all those days, and feminism, of course, yes. rise of femi feminism during that time. And um, so 
trade aid, at that stage, I wasn't involved in trade aid right at the beginning. Right. I didn't come until late 80s, probably. Right. Yeah. But, but, but that belief in helping people was, you know, that was there. The founders, Vi and Richard Cotterill, so they started trade aid in Christchurch. How did they come to realise that there was a need for, for fairly traded product then way back way back then? It came from overseas experience. So they right. they went to um, India to work with Tibetan refugees to help with resettlement and income generation. Wow. So I think they took their young children with mm. them, two young boys. And um, when they came back, they ordered some carpets um, you know that that story is available, and and they sold the carpets in an exhibition in one night. Now, out of that, and that's wonderful. Yeah. But then they realised that one sale is not going to make a difference. Right. So with um, with other friends, they formed a group where they realised that they needed to have a more sustained. Uh, uh, trading relationship with people because it's only with that long term that people can plan. That, yes. If you only know you're going to get an order in August and there's nothing after that, what are you going to do? Mm. But if you know that, that next August there'll be another another order asked for, then you, you can, can start, start to plan. That makes yeah. so much sense. Mm. And so are they still dealing with the are they still selling these carpets as well? Ah, well, actually, that that has only just finished that story wow. after forty years, which is amazing. <laughs> so the group um, was wow. still in existence. The founder um, of the uh, refugee group, he had died, right, and his wife was trying to maintain it. But in actual fact, the next generation were not interested in making handcrafts because they've been able to go to school. Mm. They no longer have that interest as much as yeah. we would love to yeah, see the yeah, things, but yeah. it's not about that. So yeah. um, so we've received the last order of carpets and that's it. It's yeah. quite monumental. I know, it is amazing. It's 40 yeah. years yeah. Of, and that yeah. founded a business yeah. for so many other products and, yeah. and producers. Absolutely, yeah. Trade Aid has been working with the principles, you know, that we now have got the phrase mm. fair trade based you know, based yeah. on. How was the how did you communicate the concept, you know, early on when we didn't really have that? Um with with all yes, well, we really didn't. <laughs> How actually, did we live before if you trade? <laughs> I mean, it's, especially in Wellington, we're yeah. we're pretty well versed in fair trade and the principles and things. Mm. Um, we did just talk about trade aid right. and what we were right. doing. We were helping people overseas. Yeah. It was very simple, and. Um, the World Fair Trade Organization was not on anybody's um, wavelength. We didn't think about things. The Fair Trade Association, we we couldn't have even imagined yeah. anything like that. No. So we just talked about trade aid, and people yeah. went to schools and went to groups just like they do now. Yeah. And we took things from. We always took piles of stuff from the stores, and you emptied out the baskets right. and, and show, yeah, showed everyone and told about, the stories. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm. It's always been the same story. Mm. It's always been people who really are at the bottom of that um, society's, you know, the hierarchy. They've got nothing. Yeah. They can't feed, they can't educate their children, they can't house them. It's always been that story. 
and the, and through income generation you begin to lift them out of that. Right. Mm. Often the women, we've always found that you you make the changes with the women. You empower the women and they they then often have a voice in their society right. that they haven't had before. And in the family And decision making. Yeah. And when they start to make decisions, they usually make decisions for their children. So they'll put money into education and into their health and well-being. Fantastic. Mm. Yeah. Go the ladies. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Marion Wood from Common Sense Organics was also one of the founders for Trade Aid. But she did speak about the attitude, which you've just talked mm. about in the 60s and 70s. Is there a difference now? Like, do you feel there's a difference between the the youth when you feel like you just said you were going to yeah, change yeah. the world? You know, are, are our youth still feeling that empowerment um, that they can make change? I don't think they feel as empowered as we right. felt. Yeah. Um, maybe they're a bit more pragmatic. Um, it's, a, it's a harder world. I, yes. I grew up um, with um, fairly free education. Mm. Um, students now have a lot of pressure and mm. costs and, and stresses of university and, and uh, tertiary education. Um, so we felt we had a lot of time to make decisions and go and experience mm. things and that, and I notice that students now don't. Uh, they've got to have their head down and work pretty hard. <laughs> so maybe uh, young people now don't feel that they can... Um, make changes that we we felt that we could if we were there were enough of us and we were loud enough yeah with the wellington store can you give a little description um around what it was like when it first opened you were saying you weren't there i wasn't there but i can identify with it because i I definitely remember that time when there were little alternative bookshops Mm. or alternative there might be the communist or the um the very left-wing sort of little alternative corners and they um were definitely not um your normal shop. Mainstream or, or, retail. No, no, not mainstream <laughs> retail. And as Marion said, they wouldn't necessarily be uh, easily accessible no. in the sense that you, you, you maybe couldn't find them. Well, what was she <laughs> saying? Was saying that upstairs and up yeah. down the corridor, and that was the shop. Um, and, and maybe Fantastic. That's, that's, the ch- that's a change, mm. I mean, massive change, that we've realised, I mean, even within the last few years, we've realised we've got to be smarter um, you know, if we're going to help our partners. Yeah, yeah. quite a change to mm. how retail is oh, gosh. now, isn't it? That's right. We just buy some stuff and we'll get a room. Yeah. And, we'll <laughs> and, we'll <laughs> and we'll have uh, seekers, you know, jute seekers <laughs> hanging up in baskets and, and we'll have pamphlets, lots of pamphlets right. and uh, very political. Right, yes. Very political. Um, so more like a hub of of, yes. of, a, of a, yes. a voice and a yeah. and a belief, yeah. and it has been, yeah, yeah. Um, when I moved into Cuba Street, that element was still there, and there was still very much that that uh, the people that were attracted to uh, volunteer. Um, the politics were more important than the sales. Right, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I walked into, which was right. interesting. And definitely that was my background. Uh, you know, I, I also had come from that, uh, 
politically aware background. Right. Yeah, but I came to a shop. And so financially, that must be challenging. I mean, it's a miracle oh. in itself, isn't it? That, it is. That these stores are still manifesting know, out of a, a volunteer backbone. Yeah. Let alone the product, yeah. you know, where that's coming from. Well, Even what, well what has now become our strength is the organisation. Right. So yeah. you can have a store that isn't necessarily um, making a lot of money. Uh, but they pay their bills, right. but there's not really much money there. Or maybe sometimes they're struggling a bit with that. Mm. But within the group, we keep it ourselves together. Right. So we will right. support a oh. store as long as they're putting the sales through, as it comes down right. to that, because at the end of the day, it's the partner. If we're selling their goods, yes. we're successful. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so that's what it's about. Yeah. And so the, the movement... Um, so out of the 30 stores, we're okay. But there's some ups and downs within with, the stores. Within the, yeah. Yes, I, I understand mm. that. Mm. But what a, an amazing approach to business. Now, this is yes, a common. Complicated. <laughs> <laughs> it's complicated, and people coming on trusts often you know, throw their hands up right, and horror. Right, and go, how, are you, how, how, how does are this you? work? Yeah. In fact, most people come on to trusts and go, I don't get it. How, how does it work? Yeah. I'm fascinated but as you, well. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, probably um, we've had some very, very good general managers. I, I mean, right. um, people will remember Rod Donald. Um, the Lee Green Pro- yes. Party. Well, leader. he started wow. in Trade Aid. Did he? Yes. I didn't so know he's that. a Christchurch yeah, boy. Right. And um, Fantastic. I don't. I, I can't remember the exact um, age he started, but he was quite young when he started at Trade Aid and, um, and finished up as the general manager. An amazingly successful one. Yeah, and from there he went to the Greens. Right. Mm. See, mm. you learn something yes. new every so, day. So in a way that's that same connection as like mm. Marion. You, you find people, their, their belief system... Right. It's so strong. And they might not stay with trade aid, but they will stay with that social justice. Just, and so now that fair trade um, is is not something, I mean, I'd be surprised if anyone now mm. said they didn't actually understand what that was about. I mean, it does speak for itself, but there's so many new businesses coming mm. into the market. How, yeah, how, do you, how does that fit with trade aid and how do you feel about that when you see these, you know, well, like well, Wellington Chocolate Factory, yeah. for example? Well, it's interesting. When, um, when I first started going back to the beginnings of trade aid, we thought we would become redundant because we... we we dreamed of a world where we were going to change the world right. and it would all be fair trade <laughs> and trade aid would not be needed anymore, you see. So that was interesting because that's how I started, that's that trade amazing. aid would become a redundant uh, thing yeah. because there would be all the, there would be Wellington Chocolate Factory, but that it would be bigger than that, that every shop would practice fair trade. Okay, that is an amazing sort of uh, <laughs> utopia. But and then we suddenly realised, actually, it's actually quite a long haul. This, and um, so then we started to rethink that we weren't going to be redundant. Okay, we still had a long way to go. Oh. So now we're going to be the best. Yay! 
So we started to reinvent ourselves, I think, around that time mm. and began to embrace the idea that we could be really good at this. Yeah. Not just try and give the idea to everyone else, because I think we were much more an advocacy group than a retailer. Now we realise we've got to embrace the retail world. (laughs) And that's been a challenge. Definitely. I think it continues to be a challenge for many of us who hadn't gone into it as retailers. We've had to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also Mm. been a very changing environment Mm. within itself. So even if you learn it, it's it's changing. It's shifting and it's unbelievably challenging yes. and I think and going back if we didn't have that organisation then you know small businesses I see coming in now and I really worry for mm, them mm. because it's such a, a challenging environment. So what are some of the key impacts that you've seen or you know that you're particularly proud of that you've seen trade aids mm. you know uh, trading have on um, well, there, there is the story when a group no longer needs you. Right, yes, like, that, like the, the Tibetan carpets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is that story. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, in most cases, there hasn't been an end. Right. That, um, that you're dealing with different mm. generations and there are improvements. So children are going to school. Um, in some cases, it's a pro, it's a long-term process, so they might not go to school all day. Right. But you gradually work away at that. Also, talking to women who have a voice. Yes. Um, who become um, leaders in their communities, talking to them about that, mm. where they weren't allowed to go out of the house. Mm, and gosh. now they can go to a meeting or get on a bus. It's very, very basic, I think, that mm. we find it hard to imagine. We do. Um, and then their daughters are able to go to school. Yeah. Yeah, and so seeing that, actually seeing that is amazing. And yeah. so that that fact that they're financially now bringing in an income allows mm. that voice to be yeah, heard. it is. It is based around money and who's mm. holding the purse strings. And that is one of the things that we're adamant about, um, and that is comes up in the auditing system, is that the everybody, man, woman, whatever, they are given their own money to them. It doesn't get given to a husband, a brother, a son, which is often the case for women. The money goes to the woman. Wow. She's now, in control. She's definitely then in control. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Mm. I didn't Those know Those are that. amazing stories. Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. And you, talk, and you hear women talk about... Um, you know, the mere fact that they couldn't get out of the home, they couldn't get out of the village, now mm. they can get in a bus and go to the partners and hand in their work. Right. Yeah, and they wouldn't have been allowed to do that before. No. Mm. Wow, so just so much liberation. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, really good. But the other thing I saw, um, I went to a scheme in Sri Lanka, and... Um, the, um, they have a high number of young people, men, young boys and women, um, in prostitution in right. the cities. And the scheme I saw was y- giving young men alternatives and getting them into work. And right. that was very, very great to oh, see I that. Oh, I bet, I yeah. bet. And what yeah. was the scheme through? Um, well, they're, um, it's a scheme called, go- uh, they're called Gospel House. Right. And um, the young men are taught 
woodworking Great. skills. So they make the, the toys that you see, the right. lovely wooden uh, painted yeah, puzzles. So it's they cut down the trees that are initially the shade trees for the tea plantations. Right. So then they're cut down, and then that timber is used in the making of the toys. So the, the young men are taught all those processes but then also they're taught those that are interested in doing the office work and computer skills and yeah so, so a good a very good scheme very yeah. good mm. very good I love hearing that so although trade aid has been there helping us to give good gifts for a very long time now um, I'm sure there's still a lot more there is still mm. a lot more work that needs to be done what do you think are some of the key things or one key thing that needs to happen to get an accelerated shift in purchasing in the future actually I think you know looking at it slightly mm. heavy, side of it. Yeah, go on. Um, I think one of the things that we did campaign for a few years and that a years ago and that was the slavery campaign. Right. And I think it is a shame that and I think maybe we could try and bring that up again mm-hmm. because nothing was passed in in uh, Parliament. So it would be good to see our trading rules looked at. Right. So that it's not enough to say no. that we don't, or we're not directly in touch with that, or or we don't know about that. I think nowadays, no. Mm. There should be no. no hint of it, any of it in the chain. No. And so mm. what what were you asking? Was it was it a, a law to be put in yes. place? Yes, so that nothing could be imported so into New Zealand. So they had to be de- yeah. declared mm. non-slavery products? You would have product. to look into where your products were coming from. Absolutely. I suppose it's it came, I mean, the chocolate was the one where we mm. used, and, and probably that is something everyone is familiar with. Mm. But it is actually in, in an awful lot of the products. And can you give um, us some ideas? Jewellery. You're right. Uh, which we, we heightened, uh, we, yeah. we've done a wearable arts window with, a, with oh. a, um, just a connection to jewellery. Fantastic. Um, children are actually in the jewellery trade. Yeah. One, children should not be working. Mm. And two, it is a very, very toxic and dangerous mm. uh, environment to be working in mm. for anybody. Um, so, you know, we, it is... I know, you know, it's like going around the supermarket and looking at all the little labels mm. and, and, and shopping becomes uh, such a heavy task now. Is it organic? Where does it come from? What's in it? But unfortunately... Um, I still, I think we need to do this. We need to go through this process. Where are our clothes coming from? Why is it only $2? How can it only be $2? Just think about that. You know, somewhere along the line, someone has missed out if something's yeah. only $2. You know, or two T-shirts for five. It's an impossibility, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, the, um, the horrendous... Um, uh, tragedy of the Bangladeshi garment yes. factories but you know it falls off the main page the front page very of the newspaper quickly. very quickly um, and we need to keep on just like we've become a fair trade city yes. but it doesn't stop there No, we need to keep on saying what does a fair trade city mean and um, and we, we need to support each other Yes, I think as, as a community too I yeah. think so Mm. Great. And have, eat more chocolate. Yeah. Fair trade chocolate. <laughs>